Are you considering getting a divorce? If so, this episode of On Air with Myrick O'Connell may help. Stay tuned right now. Welcome to On Air with Myrick O'Connell. I'm Howard Kaplan. With a new year, there's an increase in divorces. Like tax season for accountants, early in the year is divorce season for divorce attorneys. Many couples, particularly those with children, put off divorce proceedings until after the holidays and want a fresh start in the new year. If you've been considering divorce, we have some things you should know before meeting with an attorney for the first time. Kirsten DeMoga is a partner in Myrick O'Connell's Family Law and Divorce Group with over 15 years of experience in family law. Kirsten, thanks for joining us on On Air with Myrick O'Connell today. Thank you so much for having me, Howard. Oh, our pleasure. Now, a new year brings with it new beginnings. Kirsten, why does it also bring an increase in divorces, which is an ending of sorts? I think it's because you know, end of the year, people are looking internally, they're reflecting, thinking about what worked during the year, what didn't, what changes they want to make. And so I think if someone has been contemplating divorce, or perhaps isn't happy in their situation, it's a natural time to reflect, take stock, and most likely take action. I find a lot of people want to, quote, keep the peace through the holidays. So, um, you know, if there's children involved or even if there isn't children involved, to just keep a status quo, put on a happy face, even if ultimately they're considering ending their marriage. Uh, So we find it's sort of this eruption in the beginning of the year because people have been sort of staying quiet, keeping the peace, and then people are ready to go, you know, that January one hits the calendar. And I think people are very much in the mindset of new beginnings, fresh start. Let me get into this year making a change. Mm, Wow. So Kirsten, uh, we've talked about why folks tend to divorce more frequently early in the year. What are the various ways to get a divorce? Just kind of getting into the meat of it. Yeah, it's a great question. And I think that's number one when people meet with me because they may have some information, but typically people, this is what they want to know. How do I go about this? Right. So there's a few different ways. One way is that you can simply hire an attorney um, who will file a complaint for divorce. And there's two different ways to file a complaint for divorce in Massachusetts. There's a contested, we call that a 1B. And then there's a joint petition, uh, which is a 1A. So you can do it jointly or you can, one person can file. In the traditional sense, uh, you would hire an attorney who would file a complaint that would be served upon the other spouse at some point in time. And that's when they would first learn about the divorce. So the other way to go about it is to consult with an attorney And again, a lot of this depends on the type of relationship and the dynamic with the other spouse. You can meet with an attorney and then suggest to the other spouse they meet with somebody as well and work on a joint petition. So a joint agreement together to get divorced. So that's, you know, typically in less acrimonious situations, there's not going to be a lot of disagreement. Certainly, if there's no disagreement on how a custody or a parenting plan would work for the children. So th- there are discrete 
reasons why people would elect to go in that route. So typically in a demographic of about age 50 and below, I find a lot of people are using the word mediation and trending towards going to mediation. Hmm. And what I say to people is that mediation is wonderful. However, what you need to understand about mediation is that the individual is a, is a third party neutral um, to, you know, typically it's a lawyer, um, but right. their job is just to get you to yes. It's not to advise you individually about what you may be foreclosing on by agreeing to certain things um, or what you might be entitled to. They're just getting an agreement. And what, what's going to happen is ultimately when you get an agreement, either any one of these options, you have to present that agreement to a court right. and that judge is going to have to make an entry that this agreement is fair and reasonable. So even if you do mediation, each party is going to have to consult with an attorney to make sure that agreement as it's drafted is going to pass muster with the judge, right? Because the whole purpose of this is to, at the end of the road, get a divorce and you want to make sure it's an agreement that is sufficient and will be allowed. What I suggest to people, uh, you know, I do trial work, I do mediation work, I do a hybrid of that, is really you can go to an attorney and say, I'd like to take more of a mediation route. And I find so long as the other party isn't completely surprising us with their reaction to the divorce, two attorneys can certainly mediate, quote, mediate your agreement. And you save the time and the money of, uh, you know, having to go seek out another attorney to review it. So I think people sometimes are under the misimpression that by hiring an attorney, or going to consult with an attorney that they're foreclosing on their ability to mediate something in in the quote, traditional sense. And and I think um, it's entirely possible to have a non acrimonious uh, divorce process. And I think um, the, the client has to lead that, what they want. But there's many, many options. What you just mentioned there is really key, because uh, I think there was a time when I thought that in a divorce proceeding that, well, if you do mediation, right, you don't have to go the attorney route. But uh, you've enlightened us that no matter really how you go, you do need an attorney to you know review things, and then it needs to go, of course, before the judge. Correct. So, Kirsten, what are the financial considerations you need to think about if you're thinking of a divorce? Well, I said, you know, this is sort of the the math here, uh, the the <laughs> the algebra, if you will, of of divorce. Any way you go about a divorce, you're going to have to complete what's called a financial statement, and it's a disclosure. It's a very detailed form that lists your income, your assets, your liabilities. Uh, your weekly expenses. And believe me, I know that, you know, many clients, it's the bane of their (laughs) existence to figure out exactly how much you spend at the grocery store, you know, to the penny every week. But Mm -hmm. it's an important tool for us. And it's really how um, you go about analyzing how assets will be divided, support, whether that's child support or alimony will be calculated, and a clear financial picture, because some people are 
depending on how your, your marriage works, sometimes one person is really in charge of, you know, managing the finances and, and paying expenses and bills. So there are individuals I've worked with that don't even know what the total mortgage balance is on their home or the monthly mortgage. And that's okay. Right. But that's something we need to learn and find out. So I would say if you're contemplating meeting with a lawyer or getting a divorce, it's really important to just prepare yourself and get as much access to financial information as possible. So what does that mean? That means, you know, you're tax returns for the past few years, your bank statements, retirement statements, if you had any, again, information on the mortgage balance, what is the equity in the house? These are all questions a lawyer is going to have for you. And certainly if there's children involved, you also want to know, do they have any college accounts, 529 accounts or, or the like? And then some people are very lucky enough to have, uh, you know, some gifted or inherited assets from family or some kind of an interesting, you know, collection of antiques or paintings, um, or maybe just, you know, you collected your matchbox cars as a kid. Um, So all kinds of things you may not normally be thinking about go on that financial statement. So it's just helpful to, to collect information and know what's on the table when you go into a meeting. This is so key, uh, Kirsten, because so many times I've heard in the past about one spouse not knowing at all the financial situation of the uh, household. Like you say, don't know the mortgage, don't even know, you know, particularly for spouses that have separate bank accounts, they don't know what the other spouse is even doing with the money. I mean, it's not uncommon. Uh, So absolutely got to get your financial situation in the light of day, so to speak. Right. It's very key. That's very key. So what do you have to think about in terms of family if you're thinking of a divorce? Certainly children are typically, it's, it's the most concerning or important thing for fa- for families with children that are contemplating a divorce. So I think you you really need to think not about labels, right? I think people get really hung up on who has primary, is it joint? Um, don't think about the labels. I think think about what is going to work for your family. So what is the best arrangement? Because again, in our court system, you know, the standard is always what is in the best interest of the children. And as a parent, that's always what you're thinking about. So what is going to work? How are you going to share time? How are you going to share expenses? What does that look like? And it, and it looks different for every family. I mean, a lot of people will say to me, well, what do you think? And I always say, I can certainly give you advice and suggestions, but you're the parent, right? And these are your children. And ultimately I'm going to go away at the end of the day, but your spouse is going to turn into your former spouse and you're going to have to continue to raise children with them in some capacity. Obviously there are situations where one person really makes the decisions, but that's, that's rare. So you're going to need to deal with this person for many years to come. And so what does that look like for your family? So I think that's really important. And also what about the house? Sometimes in situations, it's just financially not feasible for one party to remain in the marital home that may need to be sold. I will tell you in this climate, people are doing really well with selling homes, but what does that look like? Are you going to purchase a home in close proximity to each other? Where are you going to move? Is that going to impact the school? So those are the considerations I would have in the forefront of my mind before I I met with an attorney. 
So, Kirsten, you're meeting with an attorney to go over all this, and we've gone through a lot of the preliminaries here. What should somebody considering a divorce expect at the first meeting? Sure. I would expect to give a detailed description of your marital history. So some of it is fact-based. When were you married? Where were you married? How many children do you have? Where do you live? Those kind of things that need to be eventually put into the documents that we file in, in the filing for a divorce. And one tip I would say is bring a copy of your marriage certificate. The original one will need to be filed with the complaint for divorce, but a copy will suffice if, if that's all you have, at least for the initial meeting. But that's always very helpful. So I would give that tip. So that along with a timeline, a marital history notes with detail, because you can also get to the the greatest hits, shall we say, and then leave your notes with the attorney to review. You want to make the best use of your time as possible. You'd want to find out, you know, does, does an attorney charge for their time for that consultation? What is their hourly rate? Uh, divorces are, are, there's no flat rate except in certain circumstances for a divorce. How do they bill? What do they bill for? What is their hourly rate? What kind of things do they want you to fill out? For example, the financial statement, what sort of documents do they want you to gather, those bank statements and retirement statements I referred to. So as much as you can do as far as collecting documents, thinking about the history of your marriage and and what points you want to express your attorney. And also, how do you see your case resolving? I ask people this, and, and I can understand just embarking on a divorce. Maybe you haven't thought that far ahead, but really think about it because ultimately that is how your requests of the court, your requests of your your spouse, how things are going to be structured. So it's sort of the help me help you. How do you see this going? Right. So that's that, those are some tips I would give. Sure. We've been talking with Kirsten Demoga, a partner in Myrick O'Connell's Family Law and Divorce Group. So Kirsten, how can folks contact you if they have questions or concerns about this area? And of course, concerns are many in this particular area. Great question. And I'd be welcome to um, meet or consult with anyone that, that could use my um, help or counsel. You can find my information via the firm's website, and that's myrickoconnell.com. And I'd be happy to, to speak with you. Terrific. And uh, just so folks know, the, the spelling is M-I-R-I-C-K-O-C-O-N-N-E-L-L.com. As we say, two N's, and two L's. Kirsten Demoga from Myrick O'Connell, thank you so much for joining us on On Air with Myrick O'Connell. Thank you, Howard. Thanks so much. I'm Howard Kaplan. Thanks for listening. Be well and take care. This podcast is brought to you by the law firm of Myrick O'Connell. It is intended to inform you of developments in the law and to provide information of general interest. It is not intended to constitute legal advice and should not be relied upon as such. This podcast may be considered advertising under the rules of the Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court. 